0: Hey there, I'd like to give you a big old fat warning. Some material may be inappropriate if you're a large wiener and can't take jokes, and if you're easily offended by, well, let's just say bad words. But if you're not, well, hell, even if you are, continue listening, because this is the best damn podcast out there.
1: Welcome to episode six of Billy Bob the Podcast. I'm Chris Mole, a.k.a. Billy Bob. This episode's guest is an OG mini trucker from way back in the day. His name is Brian Marshall, he resides in southwest Oregon, hence the title name, Oregon OG. I tried really hard to get Brian Christ as a guest on this episode. You know, Jesus' brother, the one that turns water into PBR. Unfortunately, Brian Christ was MIA along with Mango Mike Murray and Hammered Hank Norris. They somehow got lost gallivanting around on a mystical adventure somewhere. I'm sure they're out lollygagging along somewhere, drinking PBR and fruity mango drinks. Except for Hank, I know for a fact Hank drinks nothing but straight-up hard A. I remember one night I was hanging out with Hank, and he informed me that he's never hit a donkey, but he loves to pound some A. I'll let you decipher that one. Since I was unable to get Brian Christ as a guest, Brian Marshall was the second Brian on my list to interview. So I thought, well, he'll just have to do. On my last episode, I sang a little Beverly spin spinoff. Brian asked if I was going to sing a cool little song about him. Sorry to say, I don't really have any cool little songs to sing about Brian. I even tried looking up funny Brian songs on Google. I couldn't really find anything, but now my phone keeps popping up ads and pages for Luke Brian and Brian Adams. I don't mind Brian Adams, but I wasn't even sure who Luke Brian was. Turns out to be a country singer. I'm not really a country music fan. I can only take so much... My wife left, my dog died, my truck broke down outside of town. There's a tear in my beer, I had to kill my favorite steer. He somehow broke his leg, now he's hamburger and steaks. I mean, would you really want to listen to a whole day of that? I'm sure your answer would be no if it was me singing it. I know there's a lot of you out there right now they are probably going, What? I love country music. Go ahead, send the hate mail. That's what the trash button's for. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I listen to country music once in a while, when I'm forced to. I grew up in that generation where you just don't touch another man's radio. So if I'm riding with a friend or working at a friend's house and they have country music on, yeah, guess what, I listen to it. I mean, come on, a guy wrote a country song about me and couldn't even get my girl's name right. I don't even know who the hell Charlene is. And I definitely wouldn't use John Deere green paint. Well, I probably would i got to give him that one. I also sometimes get forced to listen to that Mexican mariachi music. I know it's not called mariachi. I've been told what it is, but I can't remember the name of it. My co-worker, Jose. Jose, can you see? He makes me listen to it sometimes. <laughs> well, he doesn't make me. I think it's kind of funny because he translates the stories that the song's singing for me. The other day, one of the songs was about two brothers that were trying to cross the border into the U.S. One of the brothers drowned in the river. The other brother pretended he was still alive and wrote letters back home to their mom and then he ended up going back home to his mom and and couldn't bear to tell his mom that his brother had actually died. Something like that. But it's kind of interesting. I do listen to a variety of music, but like I said, I'm not a huge country fan. While on the topic of music, if you're looking for something to do on Saturday nights, you need to check out DJ Maze on Twitch. The Twitch app is kind of like a TV radio app. I'm not really sure quite how to describe it, but it's pretty cool. Last night, he hosts what he calls Mini Trucking Saturday Night. Jason Babaya? I hope I said that right. It looks like it's spelt Barbaglia. I know that's not correct. I heard it pronounced a couple times when I was in North Carolina. I think I got it right. It's easier for me just to call him DJ Mays. Check him out on Saturday nights on Twitch. You can go to twitch.tv backslash DJ Mays Radio. Or check him out, DJ Mays, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm sure there's links on there that'll give you all the directions on how to go there and check that out and get involved. Also on that mini truck and Saturday night, it's like a chat room. Everybody can type in messages. You can see them all. There was probably about three dozen of us in there last night. At least while I was in there. I wasn't in there for a whole long time. But while I was in there, I know ODB from Our Lifestyle, the podcast, was in there chatting it up. We had Rich from All Time Low Magazine. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but I believe his name was Craig, and he celebrates a birthday today. If you listen to this, happy birthday. I know I said happy birthday last night, but since today's your actual birthday, happy birthday again. We'll get into all about how I first met Brian and our little interview here in a little bit. But before doing so, I'd like to mention that this episode is brought to you by Hammered Weekend Wear. You can go to hammeredweekendwear.com. Check out all the newest real build apparel. They also just released a new flannel shirt. It's red with some green pinstriping throughout it. Pretty festive for the holiday season we have right now. But you can also wear it any time of the year. It's that cool. You don't just have to wear it around Christmas time. That flannel is titled Beauty and the Beast. It's a playoff of one of the prior t-shirts. You need to make sure you follow Hammered Weekend Wear on Facebook and Instagram so that you can keep up with all the latest releases. A new flannel comes out every couple months, I believe, along with two new t-shirts every couple months. You want to make sure you keep up on those. So once again, give them a like and a follow on social media there. This episode is also brought to you by Fueled Films. Make sure to go to YouTube, Fueled Films, that's Fueled Films with a Z, look them up, hit that subscribe button. That's right, smash, smash, smash it. I think you can only subscribe once, but you can try. Maybe it'll get those numbers up more. can also follow along with them on Facebook and Instagram as well at Fueled Films. Remember that's Fueled Films with a Z at the end. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Precision Auto Wiring. If you're doing an LS swap, Precision Auto Wiring can rebuild your harness, reflash your computer, you can ship it to them and they will ship it right back. Jason Craig, owner of Precision Auto Wiring, inform me that he wanted to do a little giveaway, put something together that I could give to all the listeners out there. He's got a cool little bag full of miscellaneous wiring goodies. We will be doing some sort of giveaway contest here in the future. You can make sure to keep up to date on that and all the other upcoming episodes and guests by following on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at you guessed it, Billy Bob the Podcast. Also Facebook and Instagram precision auto wiring give all three of my sponsors along with my pages a like and a follow their support along with all you listeners definitely makes it easier to bring this podcast to you so please i'm begging you go check them out like follow comment subscribe i'd also like to give a big thank you to tony moore owner of asphalt army apparel you can check them out at asphalt army they have an instagram and a facebook page as well they also have a website, AsphaltArmy.com, I believe. Tony Moore left me a review on Apple iTunes. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. Make sure to check him out. If you're listening on iTunes and you'd be so kind to do so, please leave a review. I'd truly appreciate it. Moving along, the first mini truck type three-day show I ever went to was a show called Memorial Madness in Melino, Oregon. I talked a little bit about that on my second episode. That was around 1992. My Mazda was just finished up as mint green and it had pink and turquoise scallops. A walk through, ground effect, steel and grill, centerline smoothie wheels. They were the great big 15 by 7s at that time. I know, I know. They was huge. I traveled to that show Memorial Madness with three of my old friends. Jerry Hines had an S10 standard cab pickup, had ground effects, it was painted blue, had some swords on the side, kind of like scallops, that separated three or four shades of different colors of blue. Actually, I think it was just shadows on the same color of blue, but it looked like it was different colors, and there were sword blades going down the side of that. That was a pretty cool paint job for back in the day. I mean, kind of be a pretty cool paint job today. We referred to Jerry as Santa. We also went with a guy named Jeff Foster. He had an S10 standard cab, looked pretty close to Jerry's, except for his was red and had some airbrush scenery on it. I kind of think like an old country mountain range or sunset or grassy field. I can't remember exactly. I know it had some airbrushing around it. The third person that was with us, his name was Jason Hayes, or Jace as we called him. He had an old Ford Courier at the time. It was static, drop pretty low, had a windowless shell. It was white. The sides had this rainbow Eddie Van Halen style graphics. After we got to the show, another friend of ours, Kelly Muma, showed up. He just bought a brand new Nissan extended cab pickup. There was not one thing done to it at that time. I'm not even sure how long he had it. I think it was just a few days. I remember that show being pretty fun. There was a lot of games we played. A lot of cool mini trucks that I saw for the first time. One of the games we played, you had to take a antifreeze jug, fill it with water, run back. They had this bar that you put your arms over and then you had to fill up a radiator that was on the ground. I ended up winning that. Got a cool little ribbon for it. Much just like a participation ribbon. (laughs) Only mine said first place on it. I met a lot of people there for the first time, some of which I still am friends with to this day. On the way back, we decided that we'd go to Seaside, Oregon and spend a day there. That was Sunday evening. It just so happened that my Mazda broke down, a heater hose ruptured. Of course, there was no parts stores open anywhere. We were kind of on a back road between Portland and the coast of Oregon. I ended up fixing that with a 9 deep well socket and a couple of hose clamps. I ended up just bypassing the heater. It got us the rest of the way there, and we made it all the way back home. We had a couple little adventures there in Seaside. With my Mazda breaking down, we got there pretty late. We all decided to pull in this empty car dealership. We went around back, threw some blankets and sleeping bags in the bed, and slept there for a little bit. Until we got woke up in the morning by the local police, they informed us that we could not be there, we'd have to leave. It was pretty early in the morning, nothing was really open there in Seaside yet. We all drove down to the beach, there happened to be volleyball nets set up. We found a volleyball, played some volleyball for a while. I ended up keeping that volleyball, I had it for a long time, I'm not really sure whatever happened to it. We also ate at the famous Pig and Pancake restaurant. I don't think you ever really go to Seaside and not eat a pig and pancake. At least I don't. After such an amazing weekend and adventure there, I always look forward to Memorial Weekend every year. Memorial Madness, it went on for 10 years. I didn't go to all 10 years. I'm not really sure how many I went to. But after 10 years, they changed the name to Fantasy Island. I think the van club that put it on got tired of running it and a Northwest Van Council took it over. The show also moved from Malina, Oregon to McMinnville, Oregon. McMinnville, Oregon is also home to the Spruce Goose. The Spruce Goose is a great big plane built by Howard Hughes. If you don't know who Howard Hughes is or the Spruce Goose, you need to look it up on Google. You can visit that plane at the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum there in McMinnville. It's pretty impressive to see in person. Like I said, the show changed its name to Fantasy Island. The club that I was in at the time, Exclusive Innovations, we all look forward to going to Fantasy Island every year. Right up there with my favorite all-time shows, the Memorial Madness and Fantasy Island shows. It didn't matter that they were put on by vanners, we all got along great. We became friends with a lot of them and ended up going to quite a few van runs and shows around the Northwest back then. Some of the things that Fantasy Island always had that I thought were pretty cool is they always had the beer bong contest, that was kind of funny to watch. Along with the adult haystack. And what that was is they put down a big old tarp and a huge pile of hay. Inside that hay was a bunch of little alcohol shop bottles and a whole lot of sex toys. I mean a lot. We would all stand around this big haystack. Someone would yell, go. And we would all dive into this hay, digging through it, trying to find shop bottles and sex toys and whatever other little goodies were in there. Usually quite a few people got hay down the back of their shirts, pants, all that kind of good stuff. It was fun and games. We'd always end up wrestling in there for a little while. Digging down to the very bottom, make sure you didn't miss anything. They also had a great dance there in the building. We had a lot of fun there. Before the dance every year, they would have a wet boxer and wet t-shirt contest. That was always very entertaining. Well, not so much the wet boxer contest. Although I'm sure the women didn't mind too much. One year at the wet t-shirt contest, I actually saw a woman squat down, pick up a $5 bill with her crotch, stuff it up inside of her, and danced around with that thing halfway hanging out. Like I said, it was pretty entertaining. One thing that was kind of cool about that was that they would never allow cameras into that wet t-shirt or wet boxer contest. Kind of a respect thing. I thought that was pretty cool. I know that's harder to do nowadays with everybody's cell phones, but I still think it's a good idea. Let's people have fun without everybody worrying about there's going to be pictures all over the internet and stuff. One of those Fantasy Island shows around 1995 or 96 is the first time I'd ever really hung out with Brian Marshall. I know we crossed paths a few times before, but we never really got a chance to hang out or party together. I'm pretty sure he was in a club called Showin' Little Minis at the time. He's now a proud member of the Worldwide Relaxed Atmosphere Truck and Car Club. At the time, I believe he had a Mazda extended cab he was driving. My Mazda was under construction at that time. It was a buff yellow colored primer. It had a plum safety purple guide coat. It was body dropped or channeled, whichever you prefer to call it. It Had four wheel air shocks, so the suspension was adjustable. The front air shocks really didn't do much to lift the weight of the truck. I took the torsion bar adjusters, flipped them upside down so the bolt stuck upwards drill a hole in the floorboards right above that bolt. It was right in front of the seats. When I'd get to a show, I'd often take a ratchet and I'd turn the torsion bars down so the truck was lower. Then, right before I went home, I'd raise it back up. Kind of a genius idea I think I had there at the time. And although I was body dropped and my truck sat really low, I lost the lowest truck award to my good friend Butter. His truck wasn't body dropped or lowered, but he had hydraulics and it laid the frame right on the ground. My frame sat a hair off the ground. It was kind of funny, when they handed out the trophy the guy giving out the awards even commented, we measured with a tape measure and there was a truck right next to it that looked way lower but for some reason it wasn't, laid right on the ground and the other one didn't touch the ground so this is the one we're giving it to. I guess technically they were right, his truck was lower than mine, it just didn't look lower. I guess it's all in the way that you judge your show. We couldn't really complain, it wasn't our show. But it was kind of a funny thing we joked around about for a long time. Oh, Kevin's truck was lower than mine. (laughs) Like I said, that's the first show I really remember partying and hanging out with Brian. All of us there at the show had a great time dancing Saturday night, whooping it up, having some drinks, being festive on Memorial weekend like we always did. To me, Brian is one of those friends that you rarely see, but when you do, it seems like just yesterday since you last talked. We'll usually start talking and our conversation will just last for hours sometimes. Although it'll probably cause his hat size to go up a little, I'm proud to be able to call Brian my friend. I know you'll enjoy this interview just as much as we enjoyed doing it. Doing the interview, not doing it. We weren't pounding A. Get your minds out of the gutter. On second thought, go ahead and leave your mind in the gutter. I love dirty-minded humor and just humor in general. I'm a believer that it makes the world go round well that and fat bottom girls they spin me right round baby right round like a record baby right round 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 oh man <laughs> i probably just lost a couple points off my man card for singing that little tune right there maybe i should have sang rats round and round instead round and round what comes around goes around i'll tell you why why <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what why don't I just stop while I still have a few points left and get right onto the interview? So without further waiting, all the way from Medford, Oregon, I have the Oregon OG himself on the phone, Mr. Brian Marshall. Welcome to my podcast. How's it going, brother? Going good. Just going good. Yeah, just good. Yeah, keeping
0: busy, the usual usual shit.
1: Yeah. I already told the listeners a little bit about you. About the first time we met, or the first time I remember us meeting, I'm sure we crossed paths before that. I know quite a bit about you. I've known you for a long time, but I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening that don't know who you are at all. That's probably true. That is probably true. (laughs) In fact, I would bet good odds on that. So for those that don't know you, why don't we start off with you giving them a little bit more information about you, maybe who you are, where you're from and how you first got started in the custom automotive scene.
0: So it's Brian Marshall. I am from Medford, Oregon, originally born in uh, Whittier, California. So I am originally from LA, but I was, we moved out of there when I was five. So that doesn't count. My dad has been a mechanic. Yeah. By the, before I was even born, And that's pretty much where I picked up the automotive bug. When we first moved up here, he had a shop in uh, Phoenix called Marshall's Automotive. Um, Unfortunately, with some uh, terrible family members that were about themselves and not part of the business, kind of took from it. And my dad had to get out of the business and start his own. And he just uh, basically opened a shop out of the back of the house. And he did that for over 30 years. And that's where I kind of learned... What I got, he had, uh, basically, I was his little mechanic and stuff like that. And then by the time I got to age, my first vehicle was uh 71 Mercury Capri. And that's kind of where it's almost started from there.
1: 71 Mercury Capri. <laughs> yep. Don't see those too much anymore. Nope.
0: They're st- I, I still think they're cool looking cars.
1: Yeah, they were kind of cool for back then. Well, they're still kind of yep. cool. What's the first thing you did to that, Capri, when you got it?
0: Um, I had, in high school, I had already seen, well, it was actually before high school, I would already got the mini truck bug. I mean, I'd seen ton of them around. I wanted one, but I wasn't going to complain about getting my first car for 50 bucks and the rebuild of a carburetor. So <laughs> no. my first car was a 71 Mercury, whether I liked it or not. First thing I did was obviously cut the coils and put some lowering blocks in the rear to lower it. Took the rear seat out, put a big old speaker box in the rear with a set of Vega 12s. I even had a boomerang antenna on the trunk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now you're dating yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've worked at quite a few different shops and had your own shop for a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the places you've worked for? I know that just recently you got a new cush job working for the county or city or whatever, but I think you just took that for the benefits.
0: Yep. 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 I am working for Jackson County roads. Um, I am the lead fabricator there, <laughs> which is, which is, it kind of worked out really well. A friend of mine helped me look for the job and put in a bunch of good words in for me, which was totally appreciated. And he's all, there's a mechanics position opening up before the fabricator jobs. He's also, why don't you apply for that? I said, all right. And he goes, that way you already got your foot in the door. So I applied for it. I got that. Well, a month and a half into Being a mechanic, they opened up the lead fabricator position and I applied for it. So on top of getting the position, I'm also the fastest promoted person in Jackson County history because after a month and a half, I, you know, already got up to a lead position and I hadn't even been through my probation, which I just got off probation last week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you get like a certificate or an award for that.
0: Yep. Yep, got a little, little letter and all that good stuff. It was pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before that, I was working, I worked at uh, my buddy's custom shop called Eric's Trick Restos. That's where my love and passion was. It's like that's where the working all the customs really was because we did a lot of custom hot rods. Um, we did a whole bunch of big custom semi-trucks. Uh, and I know a lot of people have probably seen those just online and maybe even running up and down the freeway.
1: Yeah, that's uh. People don't think about that. That there's a lot of people that are into customizing semi trucks. They have that itch just like all of us do. If you're a car guy, you got to customize everything you have.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the truck and the trucks is fun, and because I mean, they're you know they're they're in them every day, all day, and you know and the you know they like them to look pretty. And our, my buddy Big Ed, his just got featured on 104 Magazine what a month or two ago. Oh, August. It was a full build that my shop my buddy shop was part of i did the front airbags on it did a bunch of the framework on it it actually has dual sleeper doors that i turned into they still look like dual sleeper doors but they open as one it was a that was a fun little mod that i did and the deck plates and did all kinds of stuff on it and then we then of course my boss painted it and it's a beautiful beautiful truck but it's an all-show truck. it's not a work truck no more
1: but does he still drive it
0: Oh, it still drives yep it absolutely drives it could it could go to work if he wanted to but that's not what it's for
1: so besides you being the fastest promoted person working for the county what else is medford oregon famous for
0: that was that question that's when you live there you don't really think about it crater lakes within like an hour and a half drive which is absolutely gorgeous and basically i mean there's all kinds of i mean if you're into it which Most people know that I'm not really into a lot of hiking, but there's a lot of beautiful hiking trails and stuff around here. There's a bunch of gorgeous waterfalls and lakes, and it's really pretty around here. That's that's one thing I can say about it. I mean, if you need to get out in some fresh air and just relax, this is definitely a good place for it. We've got lots of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I've been down there a couple times visiting. I lived fairly close to there in uh, Klamath Falls. When I was in uh, like the sixth grade for a couple months. You shouldn't admit that. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I, I did either way. You know, I, I didn't have a choice back then. I had to go where my family went. Yep. <laughs> I know down in that area is the Rogue River, and I took a jet boat excursion ride one time for a van run, I think, corn cob camp out or something. It is definitely. Those are a blast. Yeah, those boat rides are a blast. I know the one we went on, it had like three big block Chevy engines and could go in three inches of water or something.
0: Yep, yep, yep. That's exactly them.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. We went down the river and then stopped at some place and had a lunch. There was deer walking around and all that. It was kind of like a log cabin-y looking place or something. And then went back on the boat and got our journey back and that was it. But it was a fun time. I'd love to do it again.
0: Oh, I, hell, let's get your ass down here. We'll do it again because... I love getting on those boats because I've, I learned a little trick. I always sit on the second to third row in the front on either one of the outsides. I've learned how to make sure that everybody behind us gets extra, extra wet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Your hand, if when, when you're, especially when you're doing the donuts, Mm -hmm. put your hand out in the wake. Oh yeah. It brings a whole lot of water into the boat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> pe- like...
0: people are back Why are we getting so wet and then the driver of course has to fail to tell me ask the guy in the second row he'll tell you <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're that guy i'm like oh
0: damn it i'm found out
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i guess if you went there and visited medford area that's one of the must do things that you would probably suggest for people to do if they're there
0: oh for jet boat especially especially if you bring a f- more than a few people if you've got a group of friends i mean because they have what small boat and a big boat, if I remember right? I mean, so you can go from anywhere from like I think it's 10 people up to almost 30. So, I mean, so if you had a group, oh my, especially the the dinner runs even funner because it's, it's, I think it's four hours, if I remember right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's because it's two hours, it's two hours up, you eat dinner and then two hours back.
1: The one I went and on was probably 45 minutes to an hour, then ate lunch yeah, and then came back. The on. lunch,
0: the lunch runs a little shorter, if I remember right.
1: It was still a good time, though.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a blast, especially in the summer, getting that river water cooling you off because it gets hot as hell down here.
1: Yes, it does. I remember that. (laughs) I remember it being hot. Well, speaking of lunch and dinner runs, what's your favorite place to eat there in the Medford area?
0: Ooh. Mmm. So, we have a little Italian joint here called Rosario's. That is definitely my number one dinner spot, and it never seems to hurt anybody's feelings when i take them there when when they come down to visit the anderson's ryan and julie they oh yeah they they love it
1: i love italian food so you wouldn't hurt my feelings at all
0: and it's what's nice is because like mike the owner his wife is she is truly italian fresh off the boat so everything there is actually it is realistically homemade so that's i mean you can tell because like my favorite dish is the chicken alfredo pesto Mm -hmm. and when you get the alfredo i mean you can tell it's it's you know homemade because you can come in one week one day and it's thin and then the next day it's just thick as hell which that's how that's how i tell them whether my my dinner was good or bad (laughs) because if it's if it's thin it was bad but if it's thick it was good they're like really that's the worst of it i'm like hey that's i gotta have a complaint somehow
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny it must be good then
0: oh yeah it's oh it's the best
1: then when I come down there and visit, we got to go on a jet boat ride and go there for dinner.
0: Yep. And then we go up to, uh, uh, oh shit, what's my, my breakfast spots up in Gold Hill? Uh, honey, <laughs> what's my favorite breakfast spot? Oh yeah, Patty's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get the brains of the situation and involve sometimes. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I love to eat there, but I don't know the name of the place. <laughs> Yep. It's pretty good when you don't know the name of your favorite breakfast spot.
0: Hey, the hole in the walls, that's the way it is.
1: (laughs) Earlier in the episode, I mentioned the first time I remember seeing you or meeting you at a show. That was one of the Fantasy Island shows. I believe you were in Show and Low Minis at the time, and you were there with quite a few people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I remember is at the top of a lot of the vehicles there, it said Big Daddy Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> what was Big Daddy Bernie's all about?
0: That was kind of kind of like your whole Billy Bob thing. It was kind of a ha ha.
1: That's kind of what I thought.
0: Yep, it was. But it was also kind of a thank you to my dad.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, because, like I said, he had the shop. He was working out of the out of a shop behind the house, and of course. You know, what's a son to do when there's a shop to work in is, you know, once he gets his driver's license and he get finally, you know, gets rid of his first car and gets his first mini truck, we got to start customizing it. Dad's got a shop and then we're good to go. So basically, I, I loved growing up with my dad because my buddies all loved my dad. Basically, shit. I mean, I didn't even have to be there and all my buddies would still show up and hang out with my dad. And that's how fun it was. Uh, the, as, as, that was the best of times. That was the late or early nineties when mini trucking was super strong down here in Southern Oregon. So basically, I mean, we were working on all our trucks there, you know, my buddies would come over, hang out. My, <laughs> my dad bitched and complained about it, but to this day, he'd tell you that that was probably some of the best times of his life. He was just having all the kids over and having so much fun. And so me and my buddy, Sean, at the time, uh, of course, did you ever have your daily driver when you were building your mini truck?
1: Oh, I always had a daily driver.
0: Yeah, some some kind of little beater most of the time. Yep. So I had my 79 Civic. My buddy Sean had his uh, 78 Pino uh, wagon, if I remember right. And we, you know, we're just like, you know, we got to, and well, what it came up was to, we're doing all this work and stuff. And it was just kind of a hobby at first. It was just for fun. And finally, my dad hit me up. He goes, you know, if you're going to be doing all this work, you probably should start making some money with it. Huh. I didn't even think about that. I, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I, you know, next thing I know, I'm, I'm lowering neons and this and that. And so I got minis coming to get static dropped. And then when airbags came in, I was doing that and then doing, cut, you know, then doing all the shaving. And I was like, yeah, this stuff is worth some money because <laughs> it's costing me to do it. I'm like, I need to start charging. It. And then, you know, I didn't. I wasn't calling it anything. And so me and my buddy were like, well, why don't we call it big daddy Bernie's chop and drop shop? You know, that way it's kind of a, a thanks to dad, and you know, but yet it's kind of funny at the same time. And the reason I threw the chop and drop shop is in there is way early in the time is if, if Brian general remember, but when I was learning, um, and of course when buying all the mini truck and magazines and stuff, if I got involved in something and it was over my head, I called up Brian Gendro at the chop shop. And I, I mean, I don't know how many times during the week I was calling him for, you know, a little assistance on this, or if I'm doing this rider or, And, uh, that's kind of where that started from.
1: So he probably doesn't want to hear your name again.
0: <laughs> probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he probably remembers you all too. Well, <laughs> Yep.
0: yeah, that kid that was calling me 90 times a week. I'm like, Hey, kind of helped me grow.
1: That's exactly it too. That's how you learn yes sir well it's cool that he was kind enough to answer your calls and help you out back then
0: that's kind of funny too because he actually runs up and down the the freeway all the time i i if i remember right, he's got family in grants pass if i remember right somewhere somewhere around this area he's got some family and he comes up comes up and goes hunting and fishing and they go over the coast all the time
1: yeah i've seen that on his facebook picture sometimes that he's yep. up in that area
0: Yep, told him. I said, "Oh, you these days you'll have to stop in." I said, "Well, I'll treat you to dinner for all the help you he gave me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's probably trying to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I probably couldn't afford to pay him back as a problem. That's probably the truth. <laughs> well, speaking of trucks and working on trucks back then, you had a famous Mazda at one time. It was called yep. Mercedes. Had a yep. Mercedes front end grafted onto it. I think it even had the headlights and if I'm not mistaken, the little headlight windshield wiper things, or I guess they would be headlight wipers, not windshield wipers.
0: No, they were actually the headlights for escort. Oh, okay. But the wipers, the wipers were genuine, but they didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) They were just, they were just for looks.
1: All show, no go.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, basically, yeah, it was, it was a, I was a badass truck when I, Let's see, what did I have at the time? Oh, well, that's what it was. I had my little failure for a moment because when I went from, I had, a, I had a little space that I went from a mini truck to a car. I bought an 89 Escort GT. And it had a sliding ragtop in it, five stars, modern five stars. Uh, I had an, My buddy did a nice big stereo in it. It was kind of the thing at the time to have. And uh, I went over to Grant's Pass. And they had a salvage lot. When I went over there, that truck was in the lot. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to have it. I got to have it. I love this truck. This truck is badass. And it was built in Grants Pass. And I knew the guys who built it. So and I was all over it. So I came back with cash, bought the truck, drove it for a little while. I ended up wrecking it. A guy pulled out in front of me and it wiped the front end out. Of course, the best part of the truck. And then I ended up redoing a whole bunch of it so uh, basically kept the grill the headlights were still true to fashion just bought a new set of escorts when the truck was built it didn't actually have marker lights there was just heated up lexan in the marker light holes and you know from 20 foot away it looked pretty good but when you got up on it it wasn't it wasn't really all that appeasing to the eye so when i wrecked it i took it up to a shop up in canyonville Rick DeWitt, he actually had a couple of trucks featured in trucking in like the mid '80s, something like that, and I uh, was directed from a buddy of mine to go up there, and he took it under his wing, and we ended up crafting '89 Ford Taurus uh, marker lights into it because they were the same height as the Escort. Because if you went newer, they were an inch taller.
2: Oh,
0: or the front bumper, which, of course, this was 20 years ago. This is back before anybody was using english wheels and planishing hammers and all that stuff it was all framed out of bar stock and then just you know just each little panel was put on so it had a bit of mud in it but i mean that's you know that was the way it was back then nobody was nobody had all the fancy tools yet back then
1: yeah very that,
0: few had the fancy tools
1: yeah there i don't think there was a custom mini truck at all built back then that, <laughs> that didn't have nope, a,
0: not in those days it had a little extra mud
1: in them no they all had a little extra weight put on them
0: because I, I when I when I pulled that bumper off for the first time, it was literally like pulling the motor out of it. The front the front end raised about an inch, inch and a half.
1: <laughs> Lots of polyester reinforcement.
0: I was like, "Wow!" I did, I mean, I knew it was heavy, but I was like, "Good God!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, whatever happened to that truck?
0: Um. Yeah, it was one of those dumb moments. I tore I tore it completely down, and I was going to do a frame off on it. Well, the first. what was it that white and pink pro street Mazda that was in mini trucking you Mm -hmm. remember that
1: yes I do I remember it
0: um when that came out and the V8 that had the first V8 conversion in it I was just like "Ooh, you know being my dad was a mechanic and so there come the speed part of it and I was like oh my god oh my god yes um and then I got confused on whether I just wanted to go full mini truck or full hot rod and basically I got the truck too far down and too far gone and lost interest and i parted it out
1: yes i know that you parted it out because what a lot of people probably don't know i know there's a few people but all the chrome (laughs) suspension that was under the front of that thing ended up on my mazda pickup when it was peach well from peach on that's where all the chrome under my mazda came from was off that Mercedes truck that you had yep back then we talked to each other on a mini truck and email group i can't even remember the name of it i mean either mini truck and email group but yeah that sounds good <laughs> yeah yeah that's it oh, and <laughs> yeah, so i remember seeing you posting on there like i got all this chrome suspension for sale It was, you also had the rear end housing that was all chrome yep and i had a four link so i didn't want that and you'd mentioned that you thought you knew somebody that wanted the rear end so i bought all the other stuff from you all and i mean it was like spindle to spindle tie rods and steering and ball joints and dust shields and all that good stuff everything yeah everything (laughs) everything on the front suspension and i thought it was awesome because hey i just got all my front end chrome for pretty cheap
0: (laughs) yep i took care of you
1: yeah you did i (laughs) I think i paid 350 dollars for all of it if i remember correct yeah cheap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cause there ain't no way he would get that for, well even back then i don't think he could have but nowadays i don't even know if you get a part done for 350 bucks oh
0: hell no and we and we used to have a local chrome shop here in which it's been shut down for about 15 years now which sucks so i almost end up being part of it the guy right before he sold it i went and talked to him i said what are you closing down for he goes oh you know it's just i'm getting too old to do the bumper work and this and that and i'm like well how about you train me to do the bumper work and you know I'll I'll do it and you can just sit back in the office and collect the money and well that's not a bad idea I'm like well I said I'll come back in a couple of weeks and talk and you well know, apparently in that couple of weeks he decided he was done and just sold it
1: <laughs> uh yeah we I hear... was going to say I
0: have all sorts of chrome
1: <laughs> yeah we're pretty fortunate here in the Boise area we have a chrome shop about eh, 20 minutes away they do pretty reasonable chrome nice if you have something pop metal it's kind of like most places trying to do pop metal It'll turn hey, out pop, all right.
0: Pop metal doesn't work. I figured out that the hard way.
1: Uh, it you just gotta have somebody that really knows what they're doing. So
0: really, oh, I did a, I went to do a my, when I had my full size Chevy, I went to do the the handle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, got it back and I'm looking at it going, well, I gave it to him all together. Why did he take it apart? I'm like, and then I get to look and I'm like, well, it's missing a bunch of pieces. <laughs> So I went back and we turned right back around. I said, Hey, you know, do, what'd you guys take? He goes, We didn't take your handle apart. I'm like, uh, Then how come it? He goes, oh, Do you think some of it could have been pot metal? I'm like, Oh, yeah, possibly. He goes, Oh, yeah, there are about a million particles in the acid bath. Then I'm like, Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I had uh, my little Dotson pickup, I had some of the pot metal stuff redone. And, you, you know, I mean, it turns out all right. If anybody's ever had pot metal re they they know exactly what I'm talking about. It gets that little gases trapped in there, and it could be a week later, it could be a year later, but usually it'll end up getting some bubbles here and there. And oh, yeah? Yeah, but my door handles, you know, that's the first thing everybody's going to reach for and grab and look at is the door handles. and Yep. They had a couple bubbles in them, and I ended up taking them back. And the guy was real great. He, oh, I'll redo them for you. He says, if, if it comes a problem again, you know, we're going to have to, probably take a drill and drill down in there and put some solder where the bubbles are. And, yeah. and I, I told him, I said, now nah, just try them again, see what it does. And you know, they turned out pretty good this time. I'm happy with them anyway, but yeah, they're, we'll get you home. <laughs> yeah. correct. Yeah, Well, <laughs> some trucks, you got to have that Chrome. That's right. Yeah. We are pretty fortunate. Like I said, they're pretty reasonable price. They're out of city limits. So they don't have, I don't know. They have some of those EPA things, but not yeah, that's everything. what, that's
0: what happened here. Cause they were literally right downtown
1: yes and if you're in town i can only imagine
0: and well it's funny too because like because <laughs> i would compete with so many guys like well well they only double plate i'm like the only thing they don't do is copper plate i said copper plate is basically your high build primer of chrome is what it is
1: yeah it's exactly they put what copper it is. on
0: and they can they, they get all the defects out with the copper and then they plate it yep i said that just means they have to do a lot better metal work
1: yeah otherwise just, all the little flaws show through
0: that because the chrome that you got was only it was only double plated and oh shit, who has it now they still have it and it still looks gorgeous
1: a lot of people don't know what triple chrome plating is yeah triple chrome is the whole copper nickel chrome three steps to it double plated they just leave out the copper the first step yep it's only nickel plated and chrome plated and something that i thought was interesting that i found out not too long ago about chrome plating is is there different shades of chrome depending on how much brightener they put in their chrome plating oh really yeah it, the bumpers on my i shouldn't say this because now people will look for it <laughs> <laughs> the bumpers that i had for my dotson they were re-chromed by a different place they're a little bit different color chrome they almost look like polished stainless steel instead of chrome plating and i asked the guy about it and he says oh well they probably didn't put as much brightener as we do and i'm like huh and he goes, Yeah, that depends on how much brightener they have. And I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, no shit.
1: And he said that guys will come in and they'll say, Hey, can you match this chrome? He's like, This is how our chrome is and that's what it's gonna look like. <laughs> you know, it's like huh. you're, you're gonna have to find out who did it and hope that they still have that bath of chrome because he said they try to measure it out, but he says it's it'll be a hair off. Not to the eye, maybe. Yeah. But but yeah, minor I noticed it. i don't think anybody else will ever notice it you know it's one of those things i was like oh that looks a little off to me you know how we are us custom car guys (laughs) every little unfortunately yeah we notice every little thing yep the average guy looks at it and like the what and you can just stick your finger right on it and they're like i don't know what you're talking about
0: i'm i'm always famous for pointing out flaws and stuff and my problem is is i worked at a mill at the end of a machine for seven years all by myself so Talking my talking to myself out loud was kind of a problem. <laughs> Come up on a vehicle and find a flaw and go, Oh, look at this big old flat spot in the in the body line or you know, something like that. And you know, then your friends are beating the hell you why don't you shut the hell up? The driver's right there. It's like, oh, my bad, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I I kind of I've had to tell a few people that I've been shows with before, like, hey, you know, that's not cool, man. Don't say it where somebody can hear you. <laughs> don't even say it at all you know i I see stuff wrong i had to really reel myself in and quit trying to notice flaws and things because i was getting to where i just couldn't enjoy going to a car show anymore
0: overviewing it
1: yeah now i just look at vehicles and i'm like oh that thing's cool it's like does Mm -hmm. the overall thing look good i don't look at how necessarily straight or perfect it is because none of them are perfect i look hey do the wheels go with it does the interior go with it oh man that thing's cool looking that's how i look at stuff at shows now
0: yeah aesthetically, yeah i was (laughs) i had that bad habit of over critiquing everything myself
1: (laughs) and it sucks you know especially when you build high-end cars and you're used to getting all the gaps right and the body lines line perfectly up and you're yeah. Every nut and bolt's got to be polished, and all the heads turn the same direction and
0: clocked, yeah. And nut and <laughs> bolts, Because like when we do the semis,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Think about think about the frame rails. You know, having to yes. clock every nut and bolt on the frame rails, pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, and people that don't know what that is, that's where every bolt head is the exact same direction. People go, people do that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they and do. Then, you
0: know, and then different shops too. Because me, I like to I like to have the point up, mm-hmm. and my my buddy, my boss, he liked the flat up. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, mine depends on what I'm doing, but even when I put button heads like years ago on my Mazda, all along the fenders and everything, if you looked at the where the hex part was where the Allen key fit, they were all the same direction. I know yep. that's that's little stuff nobody will ever pay attention to, but it's stuff I always paid attention to. <laughs> Speaking of custom vehicles, I know you've had quite a few vehicles, the Suzu with the flames and suburbans and a stepside chevy you were building one time i don't know if you yep. ever ever finished that one but
0: nope <laughs> <laughs> nope that's i've had a bad problem with getting stuff to about three quarters to seven eighths of the way done and then settling it
1: yeah i'm right there with you i've done that quite <laughs> a few times but i know one of your most recent or the most recent build is a nissan 720 that you call the Twan. yep the the 20 Twan tuan
0: seven Twan.
1: <laughs> there you go the seven Twan. Yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that truck and maybe a little bit about what you've done to that?
0: Uh, Well, uh, let's see. It's an 85 Nissan 720. I traded it to my buddy Sherrick, who had it, which unfortunately in California, he lives in Crescent City. The reason I got it from him was because in California, if you can't emissions it, you cannot sell it. You cannot drive it. You cannot do anything with it. It becomes a yard ornament. And unfortunately, that's what it became. But I did a bunch of work to it before Sherek. When our buddy Josh owned it, as or AKA Lingling Ling, Bizzle, Jamie Swift is the one who named him that, which is another story. <laughs> <laughs> he was the original owner of it. He had the front bags done at so, oh god damn, what was that? It was I can't remember the name of the shop down there in SoCal. It was one of the cool old school ones, but I can't remember. But he had the the front done down there and drove it around for the longest time him and some buddies had had step notched it and it was you know one of those things that beginners did so they brought it to me he brought it to me and then I re, re-step notched it which was that was an interesting thing to do and got that done and then we did a bunch of paintwork to it and stuff and then he wandered off in another direction that's when Sherrick ended up with it and so I did some trade work for it and then I got it when I got it, it was just going to be kind of a fun, I was going to just drive it, and you know how that goes, the whole snowball effect. You're like, oh, I'm just going to clean this up, and then I'm going to clean that up, and and then it turned into a full-shell vehicle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know all about the snowballing thing.
0: Oh, my God, because it, it had, Josh put a little chrome on it because it had a chrome four-link and uh, some other chrome parts. While well, sitting down at the coast, literally about 100 yards off the water, the chrome did not like that at all, so everything turned to rust. Everything was pitted, sent the bars out, had them replated. All the chrome got redone, put the wiring on a diet. This just kept the stuff that the truck really needs to run. Built a custom grill for the, the front end out of a Nissan hard body uh, Phantom grill. Uh, oh, yeah, Nissan hard body front bumper with the billet inserts. Did the FBI tailgate skin with flame tail light cutouts and then did all the metal work in the bed myself did uh, did i do the shaving on it uh, i think some of the shaving was done on it when i got it i'm sure did a custom exhaust cut in the driver's side got some old corello bucket seats in it which i love them but you can't buy them anymore because they've been discontinued almost 20 years ago yep got another motor for it that i'm getting all dolled up and painted and it's cammed up it's sitting in the corner of the shop right now and it's got the Boyd Turbines. I got those from Chris Gibson in the club. I bought those off him because he had bent the hell out of them. And I got them dirt cheap and sent them down to Boyd's and had them re-ringed. And now they're good as new. Painted it a old school 90s color. Uh, it was when it was Nason, I believe they called it Bitchin' Mint Green. When I went down to have the color matched, of course, the color was discontinued. So the mixer down there, he had to... Actually mix the the paint up custom and so I got to call it what I wanted. Well the entire time he was mixing the paint under his breath the whole time he's all fucking green. Fucking green fucking green. He's <laughs> all so what do you want to name it? I'm like, well, it sounds like you already named it. <laughs> so the color of my truck technically is fucking green. <laughs> that's
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't put it down on the card a lot. I don't want to see too many people get offended, but hey, that's that's what it was actually called.
1: Especially in this <laughs> day and age. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, and then I've got an uh, airlift suspension underneath it. Tom Mahar gave me a semi-sponsorship with that. That was pretty cool. Carriers all, uh, the only thing I've just about, oh, I got it all wrapped up in front. I got the stereo and stuff in it. Um, it's been a while since that got done, and it's all custom leather, uh, black ostrich, black leather, and I did uh, a suede, perforated tan suede. It kind of went with the old-school feel in it. I love it i got to get the stereo to Brian, my buddy who uh, does it, who built all the enclosure and all that stuff to him, because I'm going to have him tune it, and I can't wait to hear what it sounds like, because it's just got a, a single 8-inch alpine in it. It should still amaze people.
1: Well, it sounds like you're moving along a little bit more. Last time I saw it, it didn't have interior in it, or I think just the <laughs> seats were upholstered.
0: Yep, it had just, just the seats and stuff in it pretty much then.
1: That's how I remember it. So, yep. so I'm looking forward to seeing it someday with the interior in it.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of those things. Always too busy working on everybody else's shit. Don't have enough time for your own.
1: Exactly. Over the years, way back when, I used to be able to give you a high five when I met you. Now I can only give you a give you a high four and a half. You had a little mishap there working on a vehicle. You want to? Uh, I sure did. You want to talk a little bit about that? Maybe warn some people what you did, and maybe save somebody from making that same mistake. <laughs>
0: Yep, I can do that. Uh, what's what's kind of ironic, ironic about it is I now have a 78 Chevy G10 van that is now mine. But I started originally building it for my buddy Bill Smith. And it was kind of funny. I was at the shop one day and he pulls in in this, in this van. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing with that? He's he well, I'm bringing it here. I'm like, for what? He goes, you're going to bag it. Oh, well, that sounds pretty cool. So a couple weeks into it, I get the front all done, get it set up. It's pretty much just like a pickup, just cups and stuff. Real stupid simple. I get to the rear, and at the rear, which right now it's still just on leaf springs. And I'm gonna change it over to uh, a four link here. Obviously, once I get the hopefully once I get the 720 done, I'm gonna get going fully on the van again. Well, when I was setting the bag height up in the rear of it, I had the van up on jack stands and. It was kind of one of those moments when you should have taken a timeout and went and cooled off and taken a breath, maybe got some lunch, whatever. I was, I was already in a bad mood. Just, I don't, I don't remember why, but super frustrated. Well, I was jacking the rear end up. I didn't realize that I had the jack too far under the rear end. It was actually more on the pinion. And so I was trying to set the bag height and the, I was waiting for the van to come up off the jack stands. Well, when you're in those kind of moods, you don't make stupid decisions. Well, no, you do make stupid decisions. Well, I was trying to figure out why the band hadn't come off the jack stands yet. So I went to check by running my hand over the top of the jack stand. Well, as I pretty much ran my hand through, it came down and lobbed my index, my right index finger off. <laughs>
1: Ugh,
0: man. And uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty surreal. Cause I mean, it was just like, oh, fuck shit. Oh, yep. It's gone. And my dad, of course, he comes over to Mike because he heard that come down on the jack stand. So he's over my shoulder. He's like, what the fuck did you do? I'm like, "Um, looks like I pretty much just lost my finger off. He's like, oh, gee. And he's, he's in a panic. And I'm like, he's like, what do we do? What do we do? I'm like, just calm down. I'm fine. I said, but you need to jack the van back up. What do you mean? Well, we got to get my finger out of there. <laughs> he's like, where's it that? I'm like, probably between the van and the jack stand somewhere. So he gets it jacked up and I'm just trying to trying to get him to calm down because I'm obviously in shock and I'm pretty calm. And so I'm just closing the doors down and shutting lights off. And he finally, he's like, where at?" I? am like, and finally it rolls out. I'm like, Oh yeah, there it is in a mechanic club still. So threw it in the bag, went in the house, iced her up and told mom that she had to take us to the hospital because dad is no condition to be driving right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was kind of funny too, because like, I was kind of I was laid off at the time between jobs, so I was spending a lot of time at the shop working at my part-time job, which is when I did the, the custom stuff on the side. And uh, when I was in the back of the truck, I was just kind of had that little moment to myself, you know, like thinking, yeah, shit, you know, what am I gonna do?" You know, I, I weld and I do this, and well, shit, when I held the welder, I, my index finger is always laying on the side of the on the side of the welder, and I'm I'm squeezing with my middle finger and you know, kind of, kind of doing that little soul search of, you know, Oh my God, you know, I just, I just lost a finger and, and then realized, you know what, we'll be fine. You know, if I don't get it back, everything will be okay. And that's what my dad's like, he goes, yeah, I could tell when you're doing it. Cause you were kind of quiet back there. I was like, yeah, that's what I was thinking to myself.
1: Yes. It's, it's funny how many things run through your mind when you do something like that. I, yep. I didn't lose a finger, but I thought I lost a, all my fingertips few years back i smashed my hand in one of those lift gates that are on the uh loading docks where the semis back up to and then the-
0: oh yeah though i used i used to install those
1: yes that's i was installing one and i had it propped up on a forklift and i'd ground all the paint around the edges and stuff so i could weld that onto the side mm-hmm. of the building and i had my big thick gloves on they were like the thick cutting torch gloves not welding gloves yeah and- leather ones yeah the big thick leather ones as I turned around to walk away that thing started to slide and so what's your first instinct you're going to grab it. it yes so I tried to grab it it went down flat smashed all my right hand fingertips inside the little hinge area I have no idea how I lifted that thing up to get my fingers out just adrenaline I guess but I lifted it up took my fingers out of there then of course you're doing that Shaking your hand, sticking them under your armpit, you know, cussing. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, man. Then I look down at the lift gate, and I see this splash of red on there. I'm thinking, huh. And I look down at my glove, and I see that all around my glove on the fingertip is all red. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, I get that picture in my head that, oh, I just injured my fingers. They're bleeding. And what's Mm -hmm. the one thing you should never do when you're injured? Look at it. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah you start getting the
1: (laughs) so i take my glove off and i see one fingernails like popped off the back and my middle finger is pointing sideways and down and i can't straighten it and my other one's kind of I you can see where they exploded and meats coming out and Mm -hmm. so i wrap i go and grab a red shop rag wrap it around my hand (laughs) dial my wife i was just fortunately I guess, fortunately, I was working right down the road from our house, and I didn't know at the time. My wife was actually at the gym working out, but I called her, and I said, Honey, I'm right down the road. I'm at, right behind the John Deere place. I, this is what I'm doing. I, just, I think I cut all my fingertips off. She's like, What? I just need you to come here and pick me up. You're the closest person. Well, I'd had a helper that was helping me, but we uh, ran out of something, and he had to run to the air gas to get something for the welder, some There's part parts. for something. Yeah, so he was gone. <laughs> of course yeah of course so she stops what she's doing gets in the car drives right over there and my helper kid pulls up and i'm holding my hand and he's what happened i'm like i think i just cut all my fingertips off and it's like you talking about being in shock that's exactly how i was i was pretty calm and collective i told him can you call the shop let dave that was the guy that was like the the main guy there at the shop i worked for i said call dave let them know what happened. Let him know my wife's here or coming. She's going to take me to the emergency room. And then I get in there and like you probably know, they give you all the shots in your finger and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I think the shots hurt worse than actually smashing them. <laughs> you know, them cleaning it all up and stuff. I'm just like, uh, it didn't hurt this bad when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but when you they, do. When they
0: when they patched me up, I the doctor, I said, how long have you been doing this? He goes, oh, 30 years. I said, what do you suggest I do? He goes, the thing is, he goes, you smashed it off. He goes, you didn't cut it off. He goes, if you want to have it reattached, he goes, you can push and we'll send you up to Portland and they'll reattach it. He goes, but he goes, I'll tell you, he goes, the amount of nerve damage and stuff that you did to it, he goes, it'll be more of a nuisance than anything. He goes, you're not, you will probably have little to no feeling. You probably will never get your full mobility back. He goes, it'll be more of a pain in the ass then He goes, I suggest you just patch up and move on. I was like. You're the boss. Let's do it. So when he's <laughs> got me on the gurney, he actually, because I actually cut it off between the, you got your, your three little bones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I actually cut it off on the second one between the two knuckles. <laughs> so he goes, I'm just going to take it back to the knuckle. Cause that little quarter inch of bone isn't going to do you any good. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So he whips out the, the front cutting dikes. I'm like, Hey, no, I got those in my toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, pretty much. Goes, I bet Mine are a little sharp, a little sharper. I'm like, yeah. So he that was the only part of the. Because I watched the whole I watched him do the whole thing. That was the only part that made me a little uneasy is when he cut the bone. Ugh. I was just kinda like, oh, I'm gonna let me know when you're gonna the
1: bone. Okay. Hold on, you, you cut out there for a second.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, what part?
1: Um you you said he cut the bone and then you cut out.
0: Oh, yeah, when he cut when he cut the bone, that's when I kind of turned away and uh like, Oh Jesus, that was that was a little much and he's like Okay, I'm done. I was like, okay. So watching the rest, well, part that hurt the most is he actually had to set one of the nerves. Mm-hmm. Well, so he basically just hit me with some locals. Well, when he grabbed that nerve and it wasn't numb, I swear to God, I came off that fucking granny three feet. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife was out and she she could hear me because I was like, fuck shit, damn. And he's like, he's like, you need to just calm. I'm like to kiss my ass that hurts <laughs> yes so that happened twice yeah so then after that he just patched up and we moved on from there and that was that and i healed up and that's the way it is today yeah so Now everybody gets a high four and a half not a five
1: that's right high four and a half <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to laugh and joke about now i i know at the time it wasn't a funny matter and it's no it's not a funny matter It's maybe people learn from that and don't stick yeah. your finger between things and you know, I'd say make sure you have jack stands underneath the vehicle, it doesn't matter how long you got it jacked up for, but you had the jack stands there, but I guess the basic lesson there is do not stick your finger in between something.
0: if you're if you're, if you're frustrated and, you know, like I have a pretty good tolerance, I have a pretty good temper, but it just my thing is the smallest thing set me off. Mhm. You know, the things that the things you shouldn't have a problem with like getting a nut and bolt to start.
2: Those
0: are things those are things that just just shoot me off to the end. It's like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I shouldn't be having this problem. And <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of what I do. It's like, having those problems, let's put it down, step away, take a chill pill, come back, because it almost goes back almost together like nothing when you come back after a nice little break.
1: Sometimes you just got to step away from the thing or whatever you're working on and take a little break, take a couple breaths, go back to it, and then you realize that, oh, it just went right on.
0: Yep, almost almost every time it seems to work
1: that way for me. <laughs> Speaking of funny things, I know that wasn't so funny, but what's, <laughs> it is now.
0: <laughs> it is now, but it wasn't
1: then. No. What's the funniest thing you've ever had happen at a show or on the way to a show? I know you got tons to pick from. Maybe just <laughs> the, give us one. <laughs>
0: the funniest
1: though. Funniest that pops that, into your head.
0: The funniest pops in my head would probably be the, the home trip from uh, Bontons number number nine, I want to say. So my buddy and I, we, uh, in my, the whole club show in love, we went that we, we took a drive to Bontons, got down there, had a great old time. We had somebody cooking, our buddy Jason, as long as you kept him fed with alcohol, cooked all day long. It was great. So food was no problem. We were kind of a newer club at the time. And a lot of the guys just kind of stayed and just stayed with them, within themselves and you know, we're having a good time. And well, me and my buddy Bill are like, you know, let's go out and, let's go out and meet people. I'm like, absolutely. I said, we need to get out and go introduce ourselves. I said, I, let's make a challenge of this. Let's see how drunk we can get by the time we get back here. And bring we'll bring one beer from camp. So uh, that was an interesting challenge, let me tell you. Because we left, and when every camp we hit, I mean, you're know, like, hey, you know, we're from Oregon. Just wanted to say hi. What's up? And I mean, they're like, you want a beer? You want a shot? You want it? And, and Bon Tons was a huge show. And by the time we got back, we were a disaster. (laughs) Um, oh my God, we were, yeah, we were. And plus, of course, I'm, I'm the dumb guy at that time. I didn't drink beer. I only drink, drink liquor. So I was always taking the shots. (laughs) So I was definitely hammered by the time we got back. And that was Saturday, which Friday night, if I would have done that Friday night, it might not have been so bad, but I, of course I did it Saturday night and, All you guys know from Oregon, Washington to go to the Southern California shows, that's a 12 to 14 hour drive. So, don't even know when I went to bed Saturday night, can't remember, but I finally passed out sometime. Woke up Sunday, but still felt, you know, of course, you know, had a pretty good hangover, but it was feeling pretty good. And (laughs) So, we're cleaning up camp, and this is when everybody, I mean, this is like, you know, you talk about the old school days. We made a disaster of that place, but everybody every camp and club would always clean their camp areas up in that. I mean, that was the good old days. I mean, granted, I mean, there were piles around and on the garbage can, but at least the effort was made to get to the garbage, which that's one, you know, just, just for you young that like to come and play, just be respectful. So we can still have these, you know, have the shows that are out there and they're trying to, you know, trying to keep it going. It's, it's, you respect the park or the the reserve that you have it out and we'll, we'll have them for, much longer to come our way out got on the freeway and within 15 minutes i'm doing i'm doing the bob i can't i cannot keep my eyes open for nothing i'm i'm bouncing my head off the steering wheel i'm bouncing it off the driver window and uh the part that was funny about that is uh in the middle of saturday my parents actually came down from Oregon and came down to hang out with us and at the show because they wanted to see what was what it was all about well, of course, on the way home, they see, me, they see me bobbing in the truck, and they're like,
2: pull over, pull over. And I'm like, this
0: sucks. I'm like, we got a long drive home. <laughs> so I went into the store, and I'm like, you know, I'm looking for no-dos, and, and they didn't have any no-dos. I'm like, well, what do you got? They're like, I got these uh, mini-fins. I'm like, okay, what are they? They're like, oh, they're some kind of energy pills or something. Okay, great. So they come in a little packet, took those, and chugged down a whole Liter of coke and I'm like God. I hope this does something. And oh my God, that that had to have been some kind of illegal drug or an illegal drug packed in a store because man, I came to life like there was no I was like holy. Shit. I'm like whoa. I'm like just okay. We can make this drive. It's not gonna be a problem. You know. Let's go. Let's ride. I'm ready. I look. Well then, here I am in my truck by myself. I got a video camera. I'm talking to myself like no no other. I'm hitting on chicks. I'm having a good old time and and finally the battery dies the camera so that game's over and then i'm still in the truck singing to myself having you know having my own conversation with myself and after 14 hours we get home i walk in the door i fall flat on my face in the middle of the living room and i slept for 14 hours and did not move a position (laughs) i woke up in the same position that i fell asleep in 14 hours later that was like perfect i mean that's like 14-hour drive, and the pills run out, and I'm done. I was like, worked out good.
1: (laughs) I'm sure we could go for a long time just telling stories about funny stuff that happened at shows. I know that. Speaking of the going around, starting out with one drink, one time at Rezo's, I can't remember who I was with. I think Eric Frazier. I did that. I said, hey, I got this theory. We can start out with one can of beer, walk around this whole entire night, and every time you get someplace and you run out, you just say, Oh man, I just ran out of my beer. I gotta walk back to my camp, get another one. And I guarantee they'll offer you another drink. And sure enough, next thing you know, I got this huge pocket full of beers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he did that enough, people are like, Oh, hey, well, we got a beer. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I guess that's probably giving that way a little secret there. And oh. now now I'll be walking around a show after people listen to this, they'll be like Oh yeah, I ain't falling for that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be stingy now. You ain't getting nothing. You're the free beer guy.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah
0: so what? It works.
1: Yeah, it, it does work though. That yes, is it so. Does. So if you ever go to a show and you want to drink, you got to do. It do not even matter if you start out with an empty beer can. Just pretend you're drinking it. Go to somebody's camp. As you're talking to somebody, go. Oh man, I just ran out of my beer. <laughs> or my drink
0: you just, just got to be a social butterfly that's all you're going to be
1: yeah yeah and that's like i said i did that one night and i ended up with like a huge i had an old jacket that had that front pocket like a hoodie
0: uh-huh
1: and that thing was stuffed full of cans of beer just <laughs> just a big old smorgasbord of kurs light PBR. And drink them. what's that
0: and i said you were doing something wrong you're supposed to drink them. you're not supposed to take them home
1: well they were giving them to back be, to camp <laughs> they were giving them to me faster than we could uh drink them well, faster. Oh, than, all right, I guess I can let that. Slip. Faster than I could drink them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of good times at shows, what's your favorite show? What's the favorite show you've ever been to?
0: My favorite one, I you know, it would probably you know with with us from the Pacific Northwest, probably everybody's like, oh, I know he's gonna say Drop Zone, which definitely very very top on the list. But actually, would be the old All Systems Low show. That was probably my favorite show. That was that was a damn what was the damn thing called. Main event, Oregon's main event.
1: Oregon's main event, yes. Oregon's main event. I think that I only like, happened two years, if I remember yeah, it correctly.
0: It was only two years, but it was two of the best years. Because uh, they had it at the, what was that damn place called?
1: It was the Elks Lodge, if I remember right. Elks
0: Lodge, right. yep. And it had a pool. And that was nice, because in the middle of June and July in Oregon, oh my God, I love pool.
1: That pool was awesome.
0: Still doing uh, the last one. Remember Mike and I, uh, see. The first one, when I was still was still in, in new choice for a little bit. The last one, I was part of Show and Low, and we had another club that was talking a bunch of crap. We're talking about how we're going to take care of our virgin runners, and you are like, "Oh, you guys, you know, you don't do that, you know, you're not going to do nothing about it." I'm like, "Okay, hey, when we're done with ours, you know who we got to go visit?"
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, so, and there was one guy who was really, really mouthy. So, I was like, "And Jeff's number one." So when we got done with ours, which ours, you know, we just, we were pretty nice to them, just drew on them and wrapped them up and, you know, overfed them a little alcohol like, you know, do and kicked them off the, the high, the high board at the, at the swimming pool. <laughs> and so when we were done with them, I was like, now we got to go get Jeff. I said, but we are going to be extra special with him. So I broke in the, well, I didn't break in the pool. I went in politely unlocking the gate <laughs> and got the backboard out of the swimming area. And went over to the and it was so funny because when we went over to the club called the maxed out, um, I said, Where's Jeff's tent? And before we even I got that they all scattered like like ants. They just everywhere they were hiding bushes behind trees under cars. And finally one of the guys, Who are you looking for? I said, Jeff. They're like, You're about two feet from his tent. I'm like, Oh Nice. So we ended up uh, getting him to jump out of the the tent. I pinned him down, pinned him to the, the backboard. He got saran wrapped to the backboard, and we toted him around the campground for you know probably a good hour. And yeah, he was he was pretty tore up by the time time it was done. That was that was one of the fun ones.
1: Yeah, there were some good times there at that show. For only doing two years, the first year and the second year, both of them they were just great. Went down with somebody, I think Joe Johnson, if I remember right, the first time I went, I think that was eighty six was the first or 96 must have been ninety six. Yeah, 96 the first year, and then in 97, I actually took my Mazda when it was under construction. Yep, yep. Loved that show. That was a great show.
0: Now, the first year I went with my escort, and I think this, the next year I didn't go with anything. Yeah, because that's when I had my 66 Chevy, and I just I just had to sell it because the weekend before I got arrested, doing a 100, well, before the state police stopped counting, I, 168-foot burnout in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I got arrested that night. It kind of sucked.
1: Yeah, that's that's never a good idea. The,
0: no, not really. <laughs> the, when
1: I first got my driver's license, my dad had this, I think it was a 65 Falcon station wagon. It was a high school football game night, and I took my younger brother. He was a couple years younger than me. And we went over to the, go to the football game. Of course, me just having my driver's license and my brother with me. I go to do a burnout, so I drop it down into low stomp on the gas the thing breaks loose throw some gravel all over the place a little bit and there's some gravel <laughs> on the road and guess what i did right in front of a cop
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah same
1: thing i mean he was yep. right behind me pulls me over asks what i was in such a hurry and thankfully he let me off with just a warning i i know i was scared to death i mean i guarantee i was shaking he could probably tell he looks oh, yeah. at me he's like looks like you just got your license son Yes. Well, if you want to keep it, you got to be more careful.
0: (laughs) Yeah my 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 story. So we this was we were we we still had a good cruise trip down here at the time. So usually after cruising about well one in the morning, go down to Sherry's to have some some breakfast and you know and just to have a nice little social time. When we pull in, I'd always go back behind the big five sporting goods. Well probably halfway down is when I started the burnout and I proceeded to go straight through and then uh, the Sherry's parking lot has a nice little U to it. So I went straight through, went through the U of the parking lot. Well, the state police officer had just come off the freeway on the overpass, saw me from the overpass and just proceeded to cruise into the bank parking lot, which was next door. Stop. Let me finish. Turn the lights on, which would have been a really bitching picture. (laughs) with the red and blue through all the smoke was kind of kind of badass looking. And I was like, oh my like, I am so screwed. And so I kind of turned well I was gonna back into a parking spot. Well like you said, the nerves and all that stuff. I was shaking and I I couldn't I couldn't back up for nothing. So I had to try to pull in and out a couple times to get in the parking spot. Well it had flow masters which were cut off right underneath the cap so it was super loud and the truck had no carpet. No sound deadening whatsoever, so it had a horrible drone in the cab. So I couldn't hear him telling me to shut the truck off multiple times, so <laughs> there's me pissing him off one more time. So I finally get the truck parked, and I hear him finally telling me to shut it off, which I do. He uh, <laughs> pulls up to the window, and he goes, son, I was so impressed with your driving. I had to meet you. I'm like, oh, I, I'm i in deep shit." So he's, um, so, so what's going on? I'm like, uh, nothing. He's like, okay, He's um, uh, I'm going to go take a little walk. And I'm like, all right. So apparently he was stepping off burnout and not even quite halfway through it. He's, he's done at 168 feet. He comes back, he goes, he goes, 168 feet. He goes, I think that's worth going to jail. I'm like, oh, that's none of a bitch. <laughs> so he takes me out, puts me in front of the truck, passed me down. And I figured, okay, he's just trying to scare the a lot of me, which it's working. It's working just fine but he finally takes the left arm and puts it behind my back. That's when my knees give out. And I kind of thank God I was in front of my truck because <laughs> my knees went right onto the front bumper. <laughs> I was like, I am going to jail tonight. Son of a bitch. And so he, he cussed me and stuffs me and my buddies are like, Hey, you know, should we call your parents? I said, no. They're like why? I said, They're just going to let me sit there. They're like till I get out Monday. They're like, sure. I'm like, don't bother. They're, so jeremy does call him and what is what do they do they tell him, well it's his fault i guess he'll sit there till monday luckily a friend bailed me out so i was only in the holding cell for four hours
1: oh, that's nice
0: <laughs> could have, or it could have been the whole possibility of all my friends were in the, the waiting room of the of the sheriff's department stacking the chairs and pyramids so they probably kicked me out
1: <laughs> that's probably more <laughs> like it they're like yeah we gotta let this guy go <laughs> Yep.
0: <Yeah. laughs>
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all those funny <laughs> moments.
0: <laughs> um,
1: you want to give out your social media so people can check out some of the stuff you built and maybe, I don't know about keep tabs on you, but.
0: Keep tab- yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't want to keep tabs on me because for one, I'm terrible about taking my own pictures.
1: Yeah, I am too. I'm really bad so, at it.
0: Which I've got some. Social media. I've only got enough time for Facebook. I don't
1: Instagram. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're you've been cutting in and out a little bit, but you're really cutting out now.
0: I said, as far as the the social media though, the only thing I got is a Facebook. I don't Instagram because I ain't got I ain't got time to take care of two of them, let alone one. So as far as uh, that goes, Facebook is where you can find me.
1: And that's under your name, Brian Marshall.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) that's that's you're asking about technology there's where i (laughs) lack
1: so that goes to show everybody listening how much you're probably going to see if you actually go to his facebook
0: (laughs) yeah it's got some on there but not a lot but i mean it's got quite a few pictures probably i've probably got more and they're probably on which my wife put them on the cloud on the computer which i couldn't tell you how to get to them
1: i stole some pictures off your facebook for the album cover or the the podcast cover or whatever you want to call it album oh, cover you
0: stalking me you son of a bitch
1: yes i sound old school saying album cover i love it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, I don't even, well i don't think i, I don't even think that's even i don't think have got pictures of because i got i got a couple rides that were featured in mini trucking but uh, i don't think i even got those no the t- there it is it, it was on there it's in my facebook
1: i know there's a couple shots of the Mercedes truck and I think there's one of the orange and white Mazda maybe or a couple of Jeremy's Mazda. Yep. Jeremy's Mazda. That
0: was built the same time as Jake's Toyota. And then the same issue I did, uh, extra cab Mitsubishi, which was, uh, what featured in
1: construction zone.
0: That was a good month for me. Yeah.
1: Speaking of social media, is there anybody on social media? Well, I guess it'd only be Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> that, you th- <laughs> that you think people should go check out or anybody you think people should check out or follow or visit or see
0: i you know i think anything mini truck related check them all out that's that's it for me that's all i i don't follow anybody particular i follow everybody openly
1: <laughs> you comment on people's stuff way more than you post about yourself that i will, yep i will say I'm not a real big commenter on post. And I think that's because then my phone keeps going off afterwards, like eh, such and such just commented, eh, such and such commented <laughs> after you. Eh, such and... <laughs> I know I can turn that notification off, but then if it is something that either somebody replying to something I said, then I miss it. And then I feel like yep. a jerk because I didn't answer back. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of think sometimes it's just easier not to reply. I just like, I like a lot of posts, but don't comment very often.
0: I do a little bit of both. I like to comment. It, it, sometimes it gets a good conversation going once in a while.
1: Yeah, there is. I read through a bunch of them all the time. Yep, I'm kind of one of those Facebook stalkers. <laughs> it's,
0: I it's like, I'm, I'm kind of quiet, but then every now and then I'll throw out a comment or two. I,
1: I read a lot of conversations on there and know what's going on, but people don't know that I do that. Well, they do You're now because sh- I the just shadows. told everybody. <laughs> 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 well, I guess like Brian said, go check out anybody and everybody in the mini trucks
0: that's right
1: that's a lot of stuff to check out a lot of stuff to follow so that's the best part about it uh, yeah well we're getting to the end here we've been talking for quite a while and probably should wrap it up like a dick on prom night
0: Ooh, something like that
1: (laughs) something like that sounds good anyway so obviously i did it because i don't have any kids (laughs) so there's proof right there huh yeah that it works it works proof take brian's <laughs> word for it those so, is there anything else you'd like to mention or add to this episode
0: oh just let's keep it going i uh, this is you know th- if this is your passion like i mean i know it's ours because we've got it's been what 30 years plus years
1: let's just it's say a, a long, long
0: time, time you know keep seeing going keep it up keep positive with everybody i mean you know the guys that are up and coming you know that may be building some of the rough stuff you know, try to have, give them a help at hand, give them some, you know, friendly comments. Don't always have to be, a, you know, which I see a lot of it don't have to be a jerk about it. You know, I mean, people, people got to start somewhere. They don't always start at the top. I mean, I can tell you, I didn't, I mean, I, well, my, my first spring, I screwed it up. My, my Suzu, I bent the frame because at the time I didn't own a welder, but I did own a torch and I wanted to see notch the frame because I was tired of bouncing off it. And, So I cut it at home, drove it to high school, welded it up at the school. You can't do that without bending the frame, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) I think we've all done stupid stuff like that, whether people admit it or not. I tell everybody, I'm like, you don't just pop out of the womb the world's best fabricator, best TIG welder, or or anything like that. you got to work your way up. You know, I mentioned in my first episode about my first paint job and stuff. You start somewhere, and you just keep at it, and eventually you hope you get good at it. I tell everybody, the older I get, the more I realize I don't really know what I'm doing. Don't be
0: afraid to ask somebody for help.
1: Yes, and sometimes you ask people for help, and they don't want to give it to you, but hey, say the dumbest questions, the ones that's not asked. That's really good advice. If this is your passion, make sure that you just stick with it, and don't get discouraged when people try to hate on you or, or talk shit because i guarantee at some point in their life somebody probably hated on them or talked shit to them
0: oh i got it i got plenty of it and that hate uh, to me haters hate it was hater fuel to me is what i called it It just fueled my fire
1: yeah use that hate use those comments just to prove them wrong and fuel that fire and, and show them that you can do it and don't be afraid to ask people for help i think anymore a lot of people think that well if you can't do it yourself or they're scared to ask for help or something and and like I always tell people, I have a lot of people that will send me a message wanting to know how I did something on like my Astrovan or, or something else, Mazda, a lot of Mazda questions. And mm-hmm. I always try to answer everybody as good as I can, help them out where I can. And I think a lot of people are surprised. I get a lot of people that go, they write back and they tell me, man, I, I thank you so much for helping me out. I didn't know if you'd answer my question or not. Or I'm like, well... Of course, I will. You know, I'm not one yep. of those people. It's everybody starts somewhere. You start at the bottom, you work your way up. Some of us have been more fortunate than others over the years to be able to do cooler things or build cooler things. I know sometimes that's a case of money. Sometimes it's a case of equipment and tools, what you have access to, what kind of friends yep. you have access to. Mm-hmm. I know I've had quite a few friends over the years that have helped me out. Without them, there's some things I wouldn't have been able to do or wouldn't have been yep. possible. So
0: I built. Built a lot of good friendships that way, actually.
1: Yes, me too.
0: And, totally, and then um, like you know the the old discussion of the whole built not bought thing. That is just one thing that just I hate that. I hate that <laughs> thing so much.
1: That's that's I it's, do too. I hate that with a passion. Be, you know,
0: like I got I got quite a few friends out there, like like you just said, they don't have the equipment and they don't have the skills, but they they still love mini truck. Okay, so they're hard earned money built them a beautiful truck yes. and it, then somebody else had to build it but they're still in the scene and they're still having fun and i've bought i personally you know i've i can build most of my rides if i wanted to but there's been times i'm like dude, i love that truck and i could pick it up for x amount of dollars and i couldn't build it for x amount of dollars so i'm buying that truck and i bought i bought four or five trucks that were done by somebody else i have had no problem with it just as long as the work was quality that's all i did i'd get underneath it i knew what to look for and i'm like yeah it's worth it i'll buy it here to admit it (laughs) i also don't take credit for something that i didn't do either which i hate when that gets done
1: yes and that seems to get done sometimes and sometimes people get mad because the magazine will give the person credit for doing something and a lot of times it's not the magazines or the person that owns the truck's fault it's the magazine is the one that gives them credit for that because they don't know or the person that bought the truck doesn't know who actually did the work or who originally did it so yep. their text sheet doesn't have it written on there and the magazine's got to make up a story so
0: yeah they gotta have something for the story yep and they're behind that
1: and not every time is it the actual owner of the truck's fault i mean there there is people that do try to take credit for it all that's i remember one drop zone when tom tremper's mazda was there in some auto body's booth and they were advertising paint work and the truck wasn't painted by them the graphics were done by me and of all places to take it that was not the show to take it to and try to advertise your paintwork. work mm-hmm. they ended up leaving i think midday saturday they just closed down the booth and left <laughs> <laughs> i think they got tired of hearing about it but it, it does happen people do try to do it that built not bought thing that's in the kind of mid late 90s my friend matt holcomb had a Body drop Nissan extended cab. And that guy was more of a hardcore show goer than most people that built their own truck. You know, he didn't build any of his stuff. He'd help. I did a lot of work to his truck. Some other people did a lot of work to his truck. But that guy would wake up early in the morning and just take off. I remember going him going to a show one time down in your neck of the woods years and years ago. And he just decided to like five, six in the morning. He's I'm going to the show and out he went. You know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of the type of guy he was. And he wasn't a real truck builder and all that stuff. And yep. like I said, you know, he was more hardcore into it than a lot of us that build our truck. Yep. Just, said,
0: you know, you know, one of them down here, you know, Cliff Josie. Yes. I'm, I'm still busting his ass trying to get that Toyota His done. And I tell him, it's got, I said, when you get that, when we get it together, our show is the show that come that you debut it at. And he said, absolutely. I said, good. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been dying to see that thing brought out to the ah. show. Every time I see a picture of it, I just, I've just i commented a couple times. I'm beginning to think he's just a great Photoshopper.
0: <laughs> nope, nope. It's a real truck. I can vouch for it. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know it's real. It's got some cool stuff done to it, too. That If he ever brings it out, people are just going to be, yeah. And you
0: figure, too, though, I mean, those are 20-year-old mods, and they're still bitching.
1: Yes, they are. They're
0: still bitching. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for him to bring that truck out because I'd really love to see it in person. And I don't want to have to drive all the way down there to do it. <laughs> I only want to go.
0: It'll only be halfway
1: then. <laughs> yeah, I only want to drive to Salem. I don't want to drive the rest of the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear
1: you. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, as always. I'm sure we can just keep on chatting it up for another two or three four days even probably yeah just like we do at shows (laughs) exactly like we do at shows i talked about that a little bit in the intro to this show or the prelude to this episode but we're going to wrap it up here i just want to say thank you very much for coming on as a guest i appreciate it i appreciate you calling me on dude it's been fun absolutely well until next time get off your couch quit rubbing your nub get to the garage and work on your pickup truck go on vacation Make some memories with the boys, because when we meet up, I want to drink some PBR and hear all about it. I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out of here.